Two Finger Guns Club presents 28 in 28. Plus one. One day can change your life, especially when a grown man in a diaper shoots you with a bow and arrow. You've heard Cupid's story before, but never quite like this. When Carrie first met Drew, she wasn't sure what to think. Who was this man who had shown up in her life and swept her off her feet? Their first days together were like a dream. The intoxication of that first kiss. The dizzying feeling of getting to know someone who also wants to get to know you. Spending whole days together. Spending whole nights together. And still wanting more. But as the days went on, it began to feel more and more like Carrie was waking up from a spell. Slowly but surely, things that had delighted her. Things that had been endearing and attractive in the beginning began to fade. He checked his reflection in every reflective surface he could find. He cracked his knuckles whenever he got anxious. He picked his teeth at the table. Whenever he went to leave from a restaurant, a bar, a cinema, and one time even at her brother's house, he would turn to Carrie and very seriously ask, Dude, where's my car? And then grin like a goon and try to get someone in the room to give him a high five. After those first magical initial few weeks, it felt to Carrie like something was off. The things she had done and said and felt, well, they felt like another person had done them. A spell? I mean, sure if you want to call it that, but what's wrong with getting something going for a few people? People say that they're falling in love and falling in a spell all the time. Now you're saying it like it's a bad thing? There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with having fallen under a spell for a few weeks and getting to know somebody. Maybe you take it from there. That's what I'm trying to do here. You know, I, that's, that's all that I do. I'm just helping people out. I don't see what their big problem is. When Drew met Carrie, he swears the time stopped and the world around her slowed. He told me that it felt like, as if by magic, something hit him. And just like that, he fell. Drew loved her spunk, the mischievous twinkle in her eyes the way she saw the world in such a different way than he did. There was one night that convinced Drew that this was it, that she was the one. They'd gone out, and she was wearing that red dress that made her look like she belonged in the 50s, with her curled hair and her red lips. He had just pulled one of his favorite jokes as they left, a subtle nod to his favorite movie, and she had giggled that intoxicating giggle of hers. When they stepped outside, the weather had turned, and they were suddenly caught in a rainstorm. Instead of running back inside like most girls might, Carrie had grabbed his hand. Carrie had grabbed his hand and pulled him out into the empty street, twirling him around and making him dance to the melody of her laugh. But, you see, something changed along the way. He heard less and less of her giggle. That 50s-era style that he loved so much usually meant that he was left waiting around for what felt like hours while she finished getting ready. And the rain? Well, what had felt so magical at first... It began to feel less and less magical, and more annoying. Drew's favorite suede jacket was ruined by Carrie insisting that they walk all the way home in the rain, rather than catch a cab. So you're here to talk to me about who? Carrie and Drew? What? What, they're saying I'm the problem? 
Okay, look, look, look. Let's get a few things straight here. I was just out minding my own business, walking around with Goldie, seeing if we could find something fun to do, and I see these two making the eyes at each other way, way down the path from me. They were walking through the park, you know? Maybe they just bumped into each other? How am I supposed to know? Would I say, those kids have got a connection. So, I pull out a couple of arrows. I always keep a couple spare in the diaper just in case. You never know when you're going to have an emergency. Yes, you heard that right. He wears a diaper, and... While I can't be entirely sure everything that he keeps in there, he did at one point pull out a bow and several arrows. And I fling a few off. That's my job, you know? That's what I do. I'm there to get the ball rolling. I'm not there to see it through to the end. You're telling me that they're saying it's my fault? And this is how I came to meet the man who goes simply by Cupid. I mean, all right. All right, you know, maybe I could have checked in on them once, but it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. It's, again, what I'm... Why am I even arguing this with you? You keep twisting my words back around onto me. Look, let's just call it what it is. I did my job. I got two people together. After that, that's not my purview. If you look at my contract, which I don't even know if I have one, but if I did, it would say, Cupid, make people fall in love, not make people stay in love for the rest of fucking time. Now, Carrie and Drew's story is not the first one that I have heard. It's always the same thing. Two people meet out of the blue, across the room at a bar, bumping into each other on the street, at a bookstore, reaching for that last velvet cupcake in the cafe. And then, an instant connection. An intense instant connection. Feels like magic, like a flame that burns so brightly, too brightly, that gives the kind of feeling that most people have never experienced. But... In every single story, that flame soon fizzled, and these two innocent people were left with broken hearts. Yeah, well, you know, maybe they would say something like that. I don't even know these people that well, but if that's where they want to go, fine, fine. You know what? You can blame me as much as you like, but here's what I have to say on the subject. I'm out here to make connections. I'm out here to get people together. I'm doing that all the time, you know? I'm walking around trying to make connections all the time. I'm getting the diaper rash. I've got things coming out all over the place. It's hard. It's hard work to come out and do this. So I'm just trying to have some downtime with my friend Goldie. But I see a job. I'm going to do it, all right? Is that my fault? No, I think that's a good thing. You see, Cupid claims to have been tasked with making people fall in love. But it's not clear by whom. Look. So they didn't have their connection. They didn't think that everything was going to be great all the time. You know, you have to put some work into things. My job is not to follow you around 24-something, wiping your own ass for you. You people have to do some work, too, for this whole love game, all right? People getting it on, people having a good time, people meeting up with each other. That's my purview. But this whole 20 years long, three kids, college education, keeping the marriage spark alive shit, that's on you guys. That is not on me, okay? I just want to get that straight. When I talked to Cupid, he seemed agitated. Man, if this is the start of a trend, if these people get what they want and lay this all on me, you know how much more shit is going to come rolling down my way? Just because people, oh, ten years later, oh, you know, Carl isn't taking out the garbage anymore and I haven't had an orgasm in six months. That's not my fucking fault, all right? You people have to take responsibility for your own actions and your own goddamn orgasms. They looked cute, all right? 
They look cute. That's why I did it. That's what you're asking. Why did you do it if they weren't going to be together for that long? How was I supposed to know they weren't going to be together for that long? They looked cute. They looked fine. They were walking around. They were doing the talky-talky. He was handsome. She was like, you know, little with the twinkly eyes and shit. What was I supposed to know? See, they look nice. They look like nice people. They could have had a nice time. That's all that I cared about. Getting two nice people together. Even Goldie said that they looked all right. And, you know, usually he's a bit weird about stuff like that. But, yeah, I think his judgment was good this time. Now, this is an interesting turning point in our conversation. So, you know, they're coming here blaming me. Well, let's look at the success rate, huh? Let's look at the, you know, if you want to go the averages across all the space and time, let's look at all the fucking lovers throughout history. Cupid's arrow brought them together. They're still famous 3,000 years later. So these people are pissed because they're not one of them. Again, that's not my fault. It comes out to about 50-50 because people aren't doing the work. But my success rate is almost 100%. Everyone falls in love for a bit. Everyone's always in love for the start. That's my job. That's what I do. Up until now, he had really focused on that he had done his job, that he had made two people fall in love, that that's all that was asked of him. But here, he raises an interesting point. He did, if what he claims is true, have a wonderful success rate. How many people have fallen in love? How many people have felt that intense connection out of the blue and followed it, leading to some of the most magical moments of their lives? despite how fleeting they may be. You know, if I had to follow every single person who I shot for the rest of their lives, what else would I be doing? There's seven billion people on this planet. You think I got time for that? I only have one pair of legs and just one diaper. Again, I don't have time to run around changing that shit, following people all over the place. That is not my purview. That is not my job description. If you want that, you need to hire a whole lot more Cupids than what I've got going on. And again, I don't even know if someone hired me. I, my memory's kind of fuzzy when it comes to that. But I'm sure that if I was, they would have had more if that was my job, to follow people around. But it's not. My job is to pull my arrows out of my diaper, shoot people with it, and call it a fucking day, alright? Call it a day. And I think that most people are pretty satisfied with that. Are you? And this was the point where Cupid seemed to have mistaken me for someone else. Come on, tell me honestly. I remember you and that, uh, that, that Johnny fellow, right? There has never been a Johnny in my life. So I can only assume he might have confused me for someone else. If he does go around shooting as many people as he claims, it would be an honest mistake. What was it, like ten years ago? And you're still together? Cupid's side of the story was interesting. There's no way for me to know how much Drew and Carrie did to keep this flame going. Had they put in the work? Had they had expectations that the other one couldn't live up to? Had they examined what role they played in their own breakup? And I'll admit, the question of his own love story had never crossed my mind. Yeah, you know what? Let's turn this back. You people are always complaining, oh, what about my love story didn't work out well? Well, you know what? What about me? You seen Lady Cupid around in the past couple thousand years? No. Sure, I go to a party with Goldie occasionally and some strange things happen, you know? I'm not, I'm not going to kiss and tell. I'm not going to talk about that. But I got nobody in my life. You know, who wants an overweight guy who shoots people with arrows he pulls out of his diaper? It's a hard market to crack, let me tell you something. Let me tell you. Plus, I'm working all the time because all of you ungrateful people are always saying, Oh, where's my true love? I can't find this. Well, I'm out there working for you to get that to happen. And that means I got no time for myself at all. And now, so 
That's what I want to know. Where's the Cupid's arrow? I can't just shoot myself. That's not how it works. You know what? I will admit I tried 1,500 years ago, you know, in the Dark Ages. It was a rough time. I shot myself in the foot with my own arrow. See what happened. I met a Scythian lady. We got it on for like a day. It didn't work out. You don't see me complaining about it, do you? No, you don't. Most cultures do have some sort of character that helps initiate love stories, that pushes people to fall in love. If Cupid is what he claims to be, if he has been tasked with making people fall in love, if he is, as far-fetched as it might sound, one of those mythological characters tasked with helping us fall in love, how difficult it must be to move through life to live through years and years and years, watching those around you experience one of the most intense emotions possible, the highs and the lows that come along with love, but never experiencing it yourself. I left my conversation with Cupid with more questions than answers. Now, I'm not sure who I believe. Were Drew and Carrie looking for something outside of themselves to blame for the collapse of something that had made them feel so wonderful? that it felt so magical? Or had they been followed by an adult man in a diaper who had pulled a bow and arrow out of that diaper and shot them? And if that's the case, should we all be on the lookout for an adult man in a diaper following us? Executive production by Alex Lucier Craig, Alexa Jordans, and Tina Lullum. Technical direction by Tina Lullum. Creative Direction by Alexa Jordans. This episode written and produced by Alexa Jordans. Created by Alex Lucier Craig and Alexa Jordans. With Connor Speak as Cupid. Special thanks to Dora Stanzu for show coordination and other behind-the-scenes magic. Theme song by Louis Nagy. Stick around for the rest of the month. We have 29 episodes in total, and we're so excited to show you what we've been working on. If you like what you heard, you can follow us on social media, Two Finger Guns Club, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we're very excited to announce we have a Patreon. You can find us over at patreon.com slash tfgc. Like one of the episodes you heard on 28 and 28? Let us know on Patreon. When you become a member, you get the chance to vote for your favorite episode that we will be making into a full season. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. This has been a Two Finger Guns Club production. Pew, pew.